to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Football Show. We are a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Colby Peterson. Um, we are the Weber State affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we've uh, shook the tree a little bit for you folks, did some digging around in Instagram, and we were able to reach out to the captain, Connor Mortensen, joining us tonight to talk a little football. Really appreciate you for coming on, man. Uh, we know you're a busy man. You were a busy man when you were a student. No doubt that hasn't slowed down working in the medical field. But the captain, Connor Mortensen, thanks so much, man, for hanging out with us on Weber State Weekly. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about the season. A lot of good things. Yeah, man. I mean, we had the captain on in the spring season. And so this time he's going to sit on the other side of the microphone in a way. He's going to be a part of our panel and kind of knock, uh, break down some of the things that happened against Idaho State. And then we've got a little game. So let's talk about today's show. So like I said, uh, we don't have a player interview for you folks tonight, but we do have some analysis on the, um, I don't know, man, the annual the annual, uh, I don't know, what are we going to call it, man? It's, we played Idaho State. <laughs> we beat Idaho State nine times in a row now. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Idaho State, kind of what it could mean for this week going into not only the the NAU game, uh, which will be the regular season finale up in Flagstaff, but also what it could mean for the playoffs coming up. Then I got a, a little game for us to play called This or That. Going to be providing some binaries. Could be this, could be that. We're going to see what uh, what the captain thinks. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody, please subscribe to the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get served up good uh, podcast content, you'll probably find Weber State Weekly there. Uh, and if you could, please feel free to rate us. Give us the five stars. Give us the thumbs up. Really appreciate those ratings. Helps us climb and uh, find our way into the ears of other Wildcat fans or FCS football fans, football fans, or whatever. Really appreciate you for making those those ratings helping us do that. We're also social media on social media, of course, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the places to interact with Weber state weekly. And then the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash Weber state weekly. I'm hearing a lot of people use uh, discord instead of, of Slack. So um, I have to maybe make a switch over there. I don't know. You folks can tell me if you're a patron, go ahead and email me. Or if you're not, and you want to be one and you think discord would be cooler, email me. I guess that's what the tubs at the club guy do. Guys do uh, the Idaho podcast in the Big Sky Podcast Network, and they really love it. They got a good group over there, so maybe that's a thing we do. You let me know what you think if you're a patron. And if you're not a patron, please become one. We appreciate you folks. So, Connor, let's talk a little bit about Saturday. Um, this was senior day uh, against Idaho State, kind of like a time-honored tradition in a way. It seems like we always play Idaho State on senior day one way or another. And uh, ninth win in a row for the Wildcats. I went back through the schedule and the Wildcats, well, the Bengals, the Stripes have not won in Ogden since 1984. <laughs> like, yeah. quite a streak. That's yeah, so uh, it's it's quite a ways away. And uh, I was like, okay, but, uh, overall at home though, Wildcats at Stewart Stadium or its predecessors, 20 and five all time. The Stripes have only won five times in Ogden since the rivalry began way back in 1962. So it is a tough road to hoe for the Stripes anytime they come to Ogden. Saturday was no exception. So, Connor, I wanted to kind of get your initial thoughts, man. Like, I don't know how much of the game you watched, but kind of just give me your take on how things looked and um, how you're feeling about the team now that there's one game left in the season uh, from what you saw against the Stripes on Saturday. I was at the game on Saturday and and overall, it was 
kind of lulled me to sleep at times just because we were doing our thing active way. You know what I mean? Uh, um, but at the same time, like guys balled out, like guys were making plays all over the place. Um, Winston, obviously just the defense was, was just making plays all over strips sacks um, was firing the run game was doing super well and i mean it was just so i i thought that they did really good and from all the games that i've watched and i've been able to go to quite a few this is one of the best teams we've had since stephen Cantwell was quarterback 18 17 17 you know, i think yeah. that they're looking really good good yeah, man. Um, definitely the case uh, because of his efforts on Saturday, Winston Reed not, not only wins defensive player of the week in the big sky, but also wins national defensive player of the week. So those strip sacks and just the kind of those big time plays that he had, I think he had two, two solo uh, sacks as well. Just man, big time plays it made a huge difference in the turnover margin. I think the Wildcats were a plus three. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment, but yeah, man. So you had an opportunity to be at Stewart Stadium. So still in the Ogden area or not very far. So able to kind of take the drive in and take in senior day with some of your, you know, former teammates. Yeah, yeah, I did. I was able to, uh, I met up with uh, BJ. BJ was around. Fred Legrand was there. Legrand Tawia. McKay Murphy. Fred, who else was around? Yeah, just a lot of, a lot of good familiar faces guys that we were with, with coach hill at the beginning that you know built the program up to and, you know the culture of you know winning winning being the expectation so i mean it's cool seeing the the younger generation you know reach that that phase it's a little sad at the same time too just time passing and everything but yeah it's always senior day seeing all the guys yeah, it was great. So, Connor, talking a little bit about the game, man. Uh, one of the things that I noticed was that the only thing that was really working for the Stripes offensively was that they were able to run the game or run the ball. So they had 154 net yards on the ground. And it feels like that's starting to become maybe a little bit of a pattern. Teams are figuring out that they can run the ball, especially if it's a quarterback run. That's the thing. We noticed that in that third, you know, maybe fourth quarter. Uh, Satan Gronauer had to go out because of he like tweaked his leg. Something happened there. So they had to bring the second string quarterback back in Hunter Hayes and Hayes wasn't throwing the ball much, but he was running the ball a fair bit. And so I kind of wondered like our teams, like, is there enough tape out there that teams see that as an opportunity for them to have some success against the stingy Weber state defense that it's like, listen, you're not going to get much through the air. So you're going to have to run the ball and, you know, quarterback design quarterback runs can have some success if your player is dynamic or is it just a function of like I don't know that's all they could do so that was what they had to do and so they got 154 yards like how do you see that man um I think I mean I guess you could maybe attribute it I mean there's some older guys on the d-line there's also some young guys you know, some, some newer backers. I don't know, you know, how it what points came from. And I mean, they had a solid running back too. Number 10, he was, he was a pretty shifty guy, pretty, pretty fast guy. But yeah, as far 
as the the quarterback run game goes, that's just I remember something that that other teams will exploit. You, you know, if if Weaver's not able to, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if NAU has a very mobile quarterback. Um, I think those are easy fixes though, as far as the run game goes, and it, it's it's comforting to know that we're locked down so much when it comes to the been the reverse in the past mm-hmm. but our dbs have just matured so good um but yeah i think it's just yeah i think they just got to be more gap sound just i guess more disciplined when it comes to accounting for quarterbacks that are more, more mobile yeah, like I said, it seems like when teams have had success against the Wildcats moving the ball, that it's largely been that, um, you know, just sort of maybe if there's a broken play, a quarterback just runs it because you're committed to spreading them out. But I was also thinking about this, man. Um, on the opposite side, Bronson Barron had a nice bounce back game. This was his third best game in terms of yards this season. He had 226 yards, 19 of 31. That's about a 62% completion percentage. The common thread, though, seems to be that um, there's a little bit of a problem with playing in weather, that the tougher weather games, like against Montana State, um, against Sac State a week ago, didn't uh, didn't go so well. But in the games where the weather was not, not terribly bad, it was fine. The balls found their way into the receiver's hands. It was all good. I mean, how do you see that, man? Do you think it's do should Wildcat fans be a little bit nervous as they as the Wildcats move into the playoffs? And as you know, playing in in December, it gets cold. I mean, conditions are not super favorable, especially if you're playing in the Big Sky Conference domes. Yeah, I mean, if if we're going the the games that we've seen with bad weather, then I mean. And there could be probably to be a little nervous, but I, I don't know. I know that that's something that implements in practice. Like he's dunking balls and buckets and, 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 you know, throwing with wet balls, you know, when we get later into the season and um, yeah, I think just time will tell. It's definitely not for lack of talent and it's no, yeah, I think it's, just mental, you know, and just, yeah, I think it's that thing, you know, but yeah, coach, he'll talk a little bit about that after the, the Montana state game, uh, in the post game press conference, uh, it might actually been the interview with Steve Klauke on the radio after the game coach. He'll talk a little bit about how maybe the weather wasn't necessarily the thing that, like you said, Connor, it was a little bit maybe more mental that the Wildcats, mm. the, the weather just kind of maybe got in their heads and affected them more mentally than it really should have. Um, that's the four yeah. safety game. And, you know, it's just like, ugh, like, it's just one of those things that like gets in your head a little bit. You know, you can play through it because like you said, you've trained for it. Mm. There have been conditions. Mm. It's not like they're. I mean, it's going to get cold in Ogden. I'm sure it's cold there right now. It's cold here in Tennessee too. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure it's just as cold in Ogden right now. And so practices are still going on. You're still going to have to play in those elements and practice in them. So maybe there's some acclimation that's going to be happening in the next few weeks, but just wanted to get your take as a, as a former player, having to play in those conditions, man. It's a very different on, on a defensive viewpoint. Cause you're not, to worry about handling the ball. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, quarterbacks, long snappers. It's just, I think it's just, yeah, it's all in the mind. And there, I know they're taking reps with wet balls. I know that's not, I know it's not for lack of, you know, practice and familiarity. So, but yeah, I think that, I think that that, that those experiences happened at a good point. And now I think it's something that they're, they're going to be able to get past. Yeah, fair enough. That's a good point, too, that, you know, those things happen during the regular season and that's when you want them to happen. You don't want those kinds of things to happen in the playoffs. You'd like to see them and work on cleaning up some of those mistakes during that time when you can lose, because when the stakes get higher and you can't lose, you don't want to run into that situation. So bright side Uh, is, yeah, they've seen it. They know what it is. They can work out. Um, Can you hear me still? Yeah, man, we could still hear you. No problem. Yeah, I cannot hear you. What the heck? That's okay. If you want to hop back off and then hop back on, sometimes that makes a difference. Uh, Maybe I'll write uh, that in the chat real quick. Oh, crap. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Oh, okay, I got you back. I just got you back. I couldn't hear you probably for the last 20 seconds. <laughs> All good. Well, I want to go on to the next question then, man. Uh, if you could still hear, I wanted to ask you about Dante McMillan's performance. I mean, he had a pretty big game, 139 yards on the ground on 15 attempts. It's 9.3 yards a carry, just a, a terrific day for him. And, and one touchdown. I mean, Josh has been hurt a little bit again this season, especially he was really healthy at the beginning, but now it seems like some lingering injuries. He'll probably play on Saturday is my guess. But I mean, does it feel like if Josh remains injured that DMAC has kind of established himself maybe as RB1? What are your thoughts, man? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. And it's been pretty evident over the past couple seasons that, you know, he has what it takes to, you know, get yards, break off runs. He's... He's got amazing balance. He's able to break tackles. And I think as as long as he's able to stay healthy too, I mean, I don't really see any reason why he wouldn't be. And I mean, it's just, there's so many other guys playing super good too, but I think it's just as far as experience and productivity, he's definitely the guy that's been stepping up, no doubt. Yeah, I, I think I agree too, man, because like I said, it obviously is dependent upon health. Um, you know, Josh Davis is fully healthy. We're going to put Josh Davis in there. The experience, the numbers, like you said, speak for themselves. Josh Davis is a legend at Weber State. His final season, he'll get all the touches he needs. Um, but health continues to you know, be a little bit of a factor. And also, I think that in last week's game, there probably wasn't a big rush to put him out there because, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to the Stripes, but it's the Stripes. And it's a pretty low stakes game after the previous three weeks the Wildcats had played playing Montana state, then Montana, and then sack. We talked about it all season. Like this is a gauntlet. Then you get a little bit of a break playing Idaho state. Don't necessarily need to put Josh Davis out there if you don't need to. And so that's probably what they were thinking. Yeah. Those were, those were my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if the, the more healthy we can keep them for the playoffs, which, you know, I'm assuming and hoping will will be a part of, but yep. yeah. Yeah. I mean, win on Saturday and we don't have to wonder, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) you know, your two losses in conference, uh, in the FCS have been to teams that are higher ranked than you. And so fault you for that. And those are both close games. So, you know, that 
But I do yeah. want to talk about linebacker play now, man. Obviously, this is a position that you know well, being the captain and having played this position really well. Um, I felt like the linebackers got a lot of pressure on Sagan Gronauer in this one, which is nice to see. They had the backers had four of the five sacks on the day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of wondered, like, we had we kind of had some question marks, you know, with, with you and Sherwin kind of graduating and going on at the end of last season it was like, okay, who's going to step up. We were waiting to see how the backers would respond. And it's a position of strength. We've seen, you know, Winston really come out and others really make a big impact there. And so I, I wondered if there was sort of like a ramp up and now they're really comfortable in that position. You know, Winston Reed now defensive player of the week in the country, do you feel like that's something that Wildcat fans can come to expect week in and week out now that the backers are going to get that pressure that maybe wasn't there at the beginning of the season now starting to see some of those sacks rack up? What are your thoughts there, man? Um, yeah, I mean, they can for sure expect that. I think that the experience for them on Saturday will only make them more confident and just more hungry to get to the quarterback, especially after getting a taste like that and seeing that kind of success. Um, I'm sure NAU will prepare for that, but if that's the case, then that just allows other guys to get home. But yeah, I, I don't think that's something that is just a, a one-time thing. I think that should definitely be expected, especially from those guys, those guys that are, you know, starting for the first time this season they're super hungry, super talented. And yeah, there's no reason not to expect that. Yeah, it's nice to see, man, because we talked a little bit about it, like I said, earlier in the season where it was like the the D-line seems to be getting pressure. I mean, there's been some guys that have really been a revelation there, but it, they just had, you know, opportunity altogether. And it feels like they've done that over the course of weeks. Um, obviously, have been some some struggles with running quarterbacks, but that's mm-hmm. not unique to Weber State. That's everybody, right? When you have to cover the whole field and the quarterback's a running threat and you're trying to you know, seal guys off, but then also make sure that guy stays contained. It's tough, you know, it's tough to keep a guy home sometimes. Yeah. Not easy at all. Not easy. But because of those sacks, man, the Wildcats were a plus three in the turnover margin. Um, Talked a little bit about Winston. Like you said, some strip sacks, some fumbles, you know, Garrett Beck scoops one of those up, runs it back for a touchdown. Nice to see. Nice to see the D getting some, some touchdowns, man. So do you think, I wanted to ask you this, because you talked a little bit about it just a second ago. Does does this kind of a performance where you're plus three in the turnover margin, you're forcing fumbles, you're getting interceptions, you know, that you look at the at the stats and you say, oh, well, what, one interception, Colby? It's like, there were opportunities for others, though. That 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 If you didn't watch the game, there were plenty of opportunities for others. And so does that build confidence going into next week? you know, having a good week against an opponent that's maybe not playing their best football right now, but you absolutely dominated. And so now you're rolling into the next opponent and you know that you need to get this one to secure a spot in the playoffs. Does that give you confidence to like, does that build or is it like a week to week thing? It's like, Hey man, any given Saturday, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily roll over. Um, I think it, it can definitely be both. I think that as far as my experience goes, having games like those definitely makes you more, more confident and more, I guess, willing to take chances and like jump routes or, or make a certain move to get to the quarterback. And I think the, the only reason it could be maybe harmful is if guys just start doing their own things, you know, just thinking that 
you know, they can just take a, take a shot or take a chance every play. You know what I mean? But, um, I think that, I think the, I think the team does a really good job of, of taking a week by week. Like they wipe the slate and, you know, on to the next opponent. But I think that, I think there's no reason it shouldn't give them, you know, a healthy dose of confidence, but yeah, just as long as they, you know, get a fresh perspective and, and motivation for, for this week. And I think that's maybe needed, you know, cause the last three weeks have been tough. Obviously you beat Montana, which is always sweet. Love that. Yeah. But losing a tough game in Bozeman, losing another tough game at home against Sac state uh, by three. It's just, you know, those kinds of losses can maybe weigh you down a little bit, especially when the Wildcats were rolling up to that point. I mean, saw what Davis did to Idaho last weekend and you look back on that game and like, wow, that, that dub is looking better and better because you hold them to 12 points when, I mean, they shellacked Idaho. Like they just blew them out. So mm-hmm. yeah, just I, like I said, I just have to wonder if after a cup, tough couple of weeks against some tough opponents, you get an opponent like Idaho state and you just absolutely dominate. If that kind of helps you just get re re-energized and kind of like refocused on like, yeah, like playing football is fun, especially when you win. So sounds like it does. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be good, especially in that regard. That's a really good point too. coming off those games where, you know, things didn't exactly go our way. And like you said, they were close. So, yeah. you know, a loss hurts regardless of how close it was. So I, I agree. This definitely was a, it's going to be a really good confidence booster that they need. Yeah, I mean, you guys felt that pain last year. So many close losses. And it's just yeah. like, ah, oh, this freaking sucks, you know? Yeah. So that's what made that Ewu win so sweet. Because it was just like, yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the Chris Jackson game. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, on, on the stripes, man. Um, so one of the things I also noticed is there were there have been a few instances this this season, and this happened in the in the Idaho State game as well, where the Wildcats get a turnover in the red zone, but they don't convert it to a touchdown. So that happened in this game. Desmond Williams gets the INT deep in Idaho State territory, a little bit of a run back there, and then really great field position. The Wildcats proceed to go three and out. They try to kick the field goal, a little bit of a bobble. They're not able to, so they come away with no points, but. I don't know, man, like this late in the season, do you feel like it's something that can be fixed or is it just like, ah, I mean, it's kind of situational. And at this point it is what it is. Wildcats, they wallop them 45 to seven, but are you leaving points on the board against a tougher opponent? I don't know. What's your take on scoring in the red zone, man, and just kind of executing when you've been given a gift in the, in the, in the, the form of a turnover? Um, yeah, I think that, <laughs> that's kind of been the trend that's happened in the past. And I think it's kind of kept us from going as far as we should in like playoffs, conference, whatever you want to say. But um, I absolutely think it's something that can be fixed. And I think it's just, I mean, it's hard to say what it is, but yeah, when you obviously, when you get to play in better teams and you get opportunities like that, you can't afford to leave those points on the field because you know, you'll, you'll pay for it one way or another, but yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got to be fixed if we want to want to see a deep run. Yeah, because like we've seen, uh, like we said just this year, a couple of close losses to good teams who are now ranked ahead of us. Um, you convert that to seven instead of three or none. That's the difference in the game, you know? Exactly. Yep. And yeah, yeah. 
So, man, the Wildcats, the Train Bell Trophy. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but there is a trophy between Idaho State and Weber State. I emailed the archives, got some old friends over there, and I said, hey, do we have a trophy of any kind? Is there a trophy game that you guys know about? They're like, in fact, we have one of the trophies in the archives. So here's what it is. This is the Train Bell Trophy. This is what it looks like. Apparently, it's been in the archives since 1973. Hasn't been updated since then. Wildcats won it in 73, and then it just kind of, Hung out in Ogden and, you know, Stripes haven't won a lot of games against the Wildcats in that time. So it's not like it would have spent very much time in Pocatello anyway, but there it is. That's just been tucked away getting dusty. Yeah, tucked away getting dusty. So Wildcats add another notch to the belt. They'll uh-huh. add another one, but so maybe next year we'll take it up to Pocatello and uh, let, let, the, let the boys ring it out, you know, when they, when they get the dub up in Pocatello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh, good, man. So, Connor, any any final thoughts on on the stripes? Kind of how you're feeling about going into the NAU game this weekend to wrap up the regular season? Um, I think everyone's looking super good. Like the of all the games I've watched this season, I've been watching since early on in the season. I mean, they got everything they need to to be amazing and to to really make a run for the championship. So, you know, I think as long as they just take care of business this weekend and don't look too far ahead into the playoffs, I think we're gonna be. I think we're going to be looking really good. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this on the game day show, uh, which we record on Thursdays and then gets dropped on Saturday. But I think the secret to beating NAU on Saturday will be making sure that RJ Martinez has a rough day. If RJ Martinez has a rough day, that's, that's the Jack's only prayer because they're not going to be able to run the ball. Well, if Martinez is out there throwing picks, you know, it's tough to deal with, you know? So yeah. The way our sec or the way our secondary's playing, I think that I think we got a good shot. No fly zone. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, let's go to the next segment then. I prepared a game for us called This or That. So I've put together a few binaries, kind of let you make a decision on which you'd prefer. So here's the first one for the captain. Um, here are your two options. You can either crush NAU this weekend, absolutely dominate, leave no doubt, right? I'm sure you remember those words from a certain team down south uh, that <laughs> got broken in 20, 2017. I do. I do remember that. Good time, good time. <laughs> yeah, good times. Uh, so you can either crush NAU, leave no doubt, or hope that Davis beats Sack in the Causeway Classic. Which one did you, would you prefer, this or that? Um, I would prefer us to just go and crush NAU. Um. I mean, obviously them losing would be good, but if I had to choose one or the other, I, I think I would rather have us just go out and show how dominant we can be. And, you know, whatever happens between between those two, so be it. But I think we just, we we for sure, if we want to get a good spot and get seated good and hopefully get a first round by, we got to really show some strength. Yeah, I think I agree. And, and here's why. Because... Okay, it's it's a little bit of catch twenty two, right? Because if Davis beats Sack, you've got to win over Davis, right? So they'll end the season probably ranked, great. Mm-hmm. But if Sack loses, you've also got to lost them. So it's sixes, right? But here's the yeah. thing: even if Sack loses, it's not like they're going to fall out of the top eight and provide an opportunity for the Wildcats to move up. I think the Wildcats' ceiling at this point is maybe a seven or eight seed, and yeah. personally. 
hope that Sack doesn't lose. They would potentially be the number one seed. And if the Wildcats get the eight seed, they'll be in the same little pod for the quarters. I would love mm-hmm. another opportunity to play Sacramento State in Sacramento, get another crack at that team because I think we can get them. I mean, the game was weird, whatever. I would love another chance to play them. And especially as like the number one seed, like this is a weird year, man, where it's like, I'll play anybody. Like, this is not yeah. like years past where it's like, oh man, you don't want to face the Bison. Like, oh, it's just so tough. Like, it's not like that this year at all, is it? Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, and I think that'll make for an even more entertaining playoffs just because, you know, you'll have your eyes all over the bracket, not just, yeah, like you said, North Dakota State or or James Madison, who's not even, you know, around anymore. But yeah, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. But I, I can for sure get on board with that, you know, Sac State winning and then us getting another chance there. Because, mm. yeah, I mean, there's no reason that, that we can't go in there and and pull off a win and to knock off a one seed would be, yeah. That'd be a lot of crazy things could happen. Yeah, that's big. It's yeah. real, real big. You know, you can, cause that, that catapults you into the, into the semis and then you just see kind of what happens, but I'm with you crush NAU control your controllables. And that is dominate the jacks word. Uh, so next hypothetical, man. So should that happen? The wildcats get into the playoffs the way we hope and they get seated or they don't. Would you rather play a weak team in that first round, right? So that means the Wildcats are not a seeded team. So they're playing Thanksgiving weekend, but they're playing a team that's not as good. So like, um, I don't know, like one of these, like say they got like, say UT Martin gets in. Yeah, I'll play Martin. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like Martin is lucky to be in if they get in. Mm-hmm. Would you rather play a strong team in the second round having a first round bye? Which one? Um, that's a hard question. I mean, the only thing I can think about is, I mean, just from like a logical standpoint, I guess, just earlier in the season, you know, guys are more healthy. The The longer the season goes on, the more guys get beat up. So, I mean, I, I guess I could see myself saying a tougher team early on. But, I mean, you could also make the argument of, you know, maybe a, a lower-seeded team so you could advance – quote unquote easier, I guess, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So I wanted to ask you this, man, because obviously having an extra week of rest and letting guys heal up, especially over Thanksgiving, right? Like it's just nice. It's a nice time to just take a break and just watch everybody else play football while you get to just chill. Right. Cause then yeah. whoever wins gets to come to you in your place. So you're not traveling anywhere, but I wanted yeah. to ask this, is it, is there like a rest versus rust argument in this situation where, cause you've done both you've played in the first round. You've had a first round by you've done both in your career as a wildcat, which did you f- feel went better where it's like 2018 or 2017 the wildcats have to play Western Illinois in the first round. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beat them. Then go down to Cedar city, wax the birds. So there was some momentum there to take you through to James Madison where, you know, you lose the heartbreaker. You almost have the champs or as opposed to 2018 first round by Kennesaw state comes to you. No, that was SEMO. SEMO comes to you. You handle business. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference in that, in those scenarios that, or does it just not matter? Um, 
I mean, I personally have liked just rolling straight into the playoffs. I feel like our best runs have been when that has happened. Um, I, I think buys can be dangerous because I think sure. it's, it depends on how they're handled for sure, but they can also be, you know, super useful. Obviously, you know, we, we want a first round buy, but yeah, personally I've, I've liked just rolling straight in and, you know, I feel like it was just, it was more fun, but yeah. I mean, the, the buy is obviously helpful because guys get dinged up and it's good to get a little break, but yeah, hopefully if we do get that, then let the guys handle it well and stay locked in. Yeah, I would say that so far, I mean, there hasn't been a letdown on those first round buys. Got them in 18, got it in 19. Didn't seem to matter. Handled business mm-hmm. against both Steemo and Kennesaw State. Yeah. So, you know, things go well. Okay, man. So here's the last one. This or that, would you rather have a rivalry with NAU? Or would you rather have a rivalry, air quotes, with Idaho State? Well, I mean, it's nice to have an almost guaranteed win on a rival game every year. But <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I do know. <laughs> but like, it's also, it would also be cool to have, you know, a little bit more like hype and interest and, you know, really wondering like how it could go. I mean, like knowing both teams are good. So I hear you. It's like, do you want that competitiveness? Because I mean, that's how the rivalry with the birds down South got started, right? It was competitive, but then yeah. after, after 18, I mean, well, really after 17, they lose in the playoffs and then we just broke them and there was just no doubt. Like we just dominated from that point on. Right. And so it's yeah. like, it's a rivalry and I always want to win that game. And I always went to that game, but man, it's sweet to just beat them down. Yeah. So I think I if think, I'm picking, Oh, go ahead. You, you make your pick, which oh, no, yeah, I was going to, I think we were probably going to agree, but I would say in my experience, there's more of there's more bad blood and more of a rivalry against NAU for sure. Yeah, a lot of weird games have been played against the Wildcats. Jay Hill, Coach Jay Hill had a, a rough start against the Jacks, getting his first win against them, I think, in 18, was it? Yeah, yeah. 18 exactly. or 19. Might have been 19. Yeah, think- that was that was at home whenever whenever Josh went off and had that really big game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely dominated. But, uh, you know, so a little bit, a little bit of time to, to get up to finally downing the Jacks who never made the playoffs, you know, like this was just like an annoying L to take because it's like, you guys aren't that good, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) losing to you sucks, man. So exactly. Exactly. But I'm with you. I would, I think I would rather have a rivalry that's a little more competitive because if there's a rivalry trophy, which if you didn't see, there is. They announced today that there's going to be a rivalry trophy between NAU and Weber State. Uh, the trophy, they're calling it the Red Rock Rivalry. And uh, my understanding is that, you know, both of the, the teams are very high up in the mountains. Uh, and there's not a lot of Red Rock and Flagstaff or in Ogden, as you probably well know. But between the two, there is. And so the Red Rock Rivalry is that space in between. And so they've got this trophy. We're going to be playing for a trophy on Saturday and would love for the Wildcats to bring it home in its kind of an inaugural showing, as it were. So 
I think the game should be called Melee in the Mountains. That's what I think. Both of these stadiums are really high. Stewart Stadium's at 4,700 feet. Uh, the Walk-Up Sky Dome is probably right around 6,700 feet. I mean, these are top five elevations in the FCS and top 10 in all of college football. So the mountains are the thing between these two squads. Let's talk about that, right? <laughs> but I'm with you. I want a competitive rivalry with NAU. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we can bring home that new hardware. Oh, man. Would love it. Put it right next to the train bell. I mean, guys, the train bell. I mean, I want to I want to see guys ring this thing. Like, look at this thing. It's so incredible. Ring that bell. I want to hear it. Like those little chimes they put on the hotel desks when you walk in. You can ring it every time you come into the stadium. Yeah, let's go. That bring that rivalry bell out. <laughs> all right, man. That's this or that. Uh, all of the hypotheticals. I mean, I guess I'll throw it out to you, Connor. Do you have one or uh good on that segment just in case give you a chance um i don't know i think you covered some good ones yeah all right all right well good man let's uh let's take a jump forward then and look at the upcoming schedule obviously things getting very very slim with uh the the future being uncertain so saturday november 19th the wildcats take the trip up to flagstaff to take on the northern arizona lumberjacks that game will be at 1 p.m mountain standard time you can watch it on espn plus like me if you're out of market or my understanding is that a number of wildcat fans are heading to the walk-up sky dome want to see this game um, I'm sure that there's going to be some, uh, it's going to be hot because if you folks remember the last time the Wildcats played NAU was in the spring season, that was the Hale Malone game. Looked like the Jacks were going to edge the Wildcats by one at Stewart stadium in the spring season. Randall Johnson hurls it up. Justin Malone comes down with, with the ball touchdown, incredible game. Jacks have been sitting on that since the spring of 2021. <laughs> so I'm sure they'll be ready. After that, uh, season will be over at the end of Saturday. And so the, the FCS playoff committee will do their work into the night and announce the playoff bracket on 10 at 1030 a.m. on Sunday, November 20th. That that show will be on ESPNU. But my understanding is that a number of other folks are also doing like a live stream. One of those is FCS Fans Nation or some of our good friends from the Big Sky Podcast Network, like Kyler Neal, who does the Eagles Power Hour, will be a part of that. Plus the other folks like Jamie Williams, Matthew Frazee, who do the FCS Fans Nation podcast, which you should listen to today. They had a really good, um, they had a really good mock of who they think is going to get in because we we talked with Kyler last week about how the bubble is really, really big. Like the field is really uh, pretty even this year. Anything can happen. We don't really know who the national champion could be. You could be stunned this year, but we'll know for sure what the bracket looks like Sunday morning, November 20th. Uh, at 10.30 a.m., the show will start. So we'll wrap up the show like we always do. Email us, WeberStateWeekly at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and there's uh, Patreon, of course, and the blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. I still need to write up my grades for Saturday's performance. I'll try to get those up, uh, see about it maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. We'll see. Want to thank you so much, the captain, Connor Mortensen, for taking a little time to hang out and talk some football with us. Always welcome back, man. If you got the time, I know you're a busy medical professional these days, but thanks for hanging out with us, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, Colby. Always good to be on. Yeah, good to hang with you. And so we'll wrap it up like we usually do. Weber State, Weber State. Great, great, great. Go Wildcats. Wildcats.